Gardening Radio. I'm Ray Burton and welcome to another Let's Talk Gardening podcast. Our mission is to provide listeners with interesting, informative topics and up-to-date information. My co-host is Faya Caro, an award-winning gardener, horticulturalist and media presenter. Faye's passion is educating people. Oh, and she loves bugs a lot too. My passion is simply beautiful, healthy gardens. And together each week, we cover many great gardening subjects. Saturday morning and here come the girls, Ray and Faye, with Let's Talk Gardening. And greetings gardening friends on this beautiful day. The Gardening Show is sponsored by DeSatco Mulch. Make your garden grow with DeSatco. Available at all leading garden centres and DeSatco.com. The team is ready. We're all fired up this morning. I feel that a big show is on the cards today. Bev Daring, John Glidden are here. We, you can address us by email if you like. Gardening at curtainfm.com.au and a big shout out to the dynamic duo, Chris Bartlett and Mark Carlton. And Jim Cronin took us on a pleasant little bike ride this morning and he'll return at 10am with the classic 70s, such a Jim's capabilities. Faye, good morning. How are you, love? I'm very good, Ray. I know. Here we are again. <laughs> I know. The week has just gone flash and it's, I'm a bit... Um, to use the term of um, someone close to me, puffed. He always says he's puffed, which means... Um, pooped, <laughs> worn out. Oh, I can get like that after a day of gardening, but yeah. it just gets rid of all those cranky feelings, doesn't it, Ray? Well, no, because I'm not gardening, so oh, I'm permanently no, but, cranky. But gardening does get away that it does, that cranky it does, feeling. and I am yeah, I'm extremely cranky, but I'll I'll behave today. <laughs> well, I wonder how Costa gets on because the amount of uh, commitments that. He seems oh. to have. I just wonder how much time he actually gets in the garden, Ray. This is true. This is true. But I think I think he he has other other ways of what's the word? Well, he thrives on chilling out. Um, yeah. Is it virtual? Like um, through really, other people, he yeah, really it, that embraces that. Yes, he so, channels yeah. gardening through so other very, people as he's well. He's very extroverted. Uh, big show, Tom Hoggs. We're chatting to Tom very so- shortly from Romancing the Stone Garden coming up soon. And, of course, the big news is we will be chatting to the host of ABC Gardening or Gardening Australia, we should say, uh, Costa Georgiatis at 20 past eight. And we're going to be chatting with Jenny Behan, Behan, is that correct? From Bush Prelude, another open garden. It's spring and it's gardening season and the open gardens, everything is flying. Would you like to go to this? Well, I would, but I just want to ask listeners today if we can just stick to our one question because we've got three guests to get yeah, through and, and it's only fair and we've got lots of emails here too ray okay well let's go to girawain neil did you get that <laughs> i did get all that <laughs> and my question today is uh i think there's a power playing on today but the problem i've got today is i've got two products in front of me i'm just wondering if they're more or less the same thing called power feed and seesaw okay well often we will say that seesaw is not a fertilizer it is a tonic uh it it's come out from the brand seesaw so just take a closer look and have a look at the label on the bottle it probably says seaweed concentrate 
yeah, yeah. In which case, that tells you what the product is, and the brand yeah. is sea salt. Now, yeah. Power Feed is another product uh, which yeah. is a complete fertilizer, and it's fantastic for for flowering and fruiting plants. You can actually mix the two together and apply them. Now, right. that is often not the case with a variety of different products because they can have different effects. But these two, you certainly can apply together. Oh, okay. That'll probably do the problem, eh? It, it's the we way to go, Neil. Disagreement, that's all. Sorry? We had a bit of a disagreement. Who two did, separate products. Who did but you disagree? basically the same. And no, they're different. If you have a look at the analysis on the back, yeah, yeah, yeah. it will tell you okay. what's in them. And so you will see Power Feed was an organic product until they added urea. So oh, that's, right, eh? that's uh, going to add nitrogen. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's all the problem. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're welcome. Have a good day. You too. Bye. Thanks, Bye. Let's go to Tom. Okay. Here we are. Tom Hogg, you're with Ray and Faye. Good morning. Hi, Tom. Good morning, Faye. Good morning, Ray. Good morning, listeners. Uh, what a lovely day it is today, Tom, and I bet you're busy readying your garden for the the opening. Am, yes. Um, next weekend, see what, 18th consecutive um, time that the garden has been open for the Amanda Young Foundation. That is a fantastic innings. And how much have you raised over that time, Tom? Well, we've raised um, well over $200,000 for the Amanda Young Foundation. Wonderful. And in um, in total, the garden has raised just under half a million dollars for all the charities combined. Wow, that's that, an... Ex that's with open gardens and concerts. Mm, that is an extraordinary effort indeed. So tell us about your garden now. I know that you've been working on this for many years and it seems every time you open, there's a new feature. So what, what's happened? Well, it's, I've always tried to make it a very intergenerational, something for everybody, something for the old, the young and everybody in between. So the, the last thing that I've um, built is what, what I call a young hobbit's village. Um, that's down on the side boundary here and that's 12 little stone cottages with the round windows, round doors and the earthen top and there's a lovely um, a fairy um, house that I built down in the enchanted woods mm -hmm. and uh, you know, there's something for everyone. So. And what is the creek doing at the moment? I imagine that's oh, flowing quite creek well. Is, creek is beautiful, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're very I mean, blessed. Uh, there's a level walk around both sides of the creek. That's down there. And, and what's so unique about this block is that there's a very sharp nine-metre decline from the top to the creek, and uh, and that um, entitles me to do some amazing um, stonework. Yeah. Now, Tom, that is a block that most gardeners would have looked at and... And just away. shied away from. <laughs> Not you. You said, I'll have this block and I'll get myself a cement mixer and some loads now, of rock. Said, cement mixer now, <laughs> Is that the one that you got a few years ago that was given to you? Uh, no, no. That was the second one. This is the third one. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Gee, that would have done some work, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, it certainly has. Yeah. And worn out about six wheelbarrows. But there's some beautiful, there was no stone here when I first came, 
So I had to purchase and cart over 2,000 tonne of rock, which I've laid um, every stone and cemented it. And uh, there's some lovely... Um, uh, well, there's, uh, uh, when I went to England, I fell in love with their English stone bridge, so I had to build a double arch stone bridge when I came home, and that's become the uh, central focal point of the garden. Some lovely stairways, there's a lovely fountain... Um, waterfalls waterfall yeah that cascades down through five big fish ponds under the bridge and recirculates and then you move down and I've built the amphitheatre which holds 280 people where we've had 58 concerts for charity there well done Tom and that's nine tiered and that Mm. holds 280 people well it's a labour of love isn't it if listeners have not been there then maybe this is the year to get there. You can bring your grandchildren. There is something for everyone. There's refreshments. There'll be music. Uh, Will there be just... plants being sold, Tom, and artwork and all? Oh, of we've got a we've got a huge uh, sale of um, pot plants. I'm very fortunate. I've got a dear friend, um, David, that used to own David's Garden Centre. Yes, know it well. When he, when he closed down. He said, uh, Tom, anything I can't sell, you can have for the open garden. So oh. we've got a huge range of plants for sale. Wow, that's... And, that's... and very cheap. Most of them be sold for $5 each. Right. Wow, that's so very inviting. So what time next weekend is that on? Um, next weekend, uh, it's 10 o'clock until 4.30. There's ample parking. There's, I've got a good relationship with the church, so we park right opposite in the church. Uh, yeah, we've got a covered courtyard for covering all um, kinds of weather and there'll be entertainment morning and afternoon. And that's uh, the corner of Lillian and Horton Roads in Maida Vale next weekend. That's right. All right, yeah. hope to see you there, Tom. Have a fantastic oh, week. Thank you very much, Faye and Ray. Take all care. Right. Bye. Cheers. Bye. And let's head to Bateman. Good morning, Mary, and thanks for holding. That's all right. Thank you. My question is about a passion fruit vine. Um, my son has one and it's had all its fruit. It's the first year and it's just gone mad. When do you, do you cut it back or what happens to it? Yes, any time now. I'd wait till after this rain. Give it a trim back. That will put on some new shoots. Give it a feed, um, clay and compost, manure, mulch it. And then when you get the new buds, the flower buds forming, give it some potassium and you'll get a bumper crop this year. Right. He has already had a bumper crop. We've had it because he's away, but it's just gone so mad. Yeah, I'll just trim it back lightly or can I trim it back quite a bit? It's just gone so berserk. Uh, How big is it now, Mary? Oh, it's going all over this huge pergola and it's all hanging down and it's just one plant. I, I guess probably cut it back to what's manageable. If if it's on a pergola, you don't want it yeah. heading up over the roof. So just trim it no. back to suit the pergola. Right, yes. Yeah, so it won't hurt to do it, say, in a few weeks' time. Then that would be... It. Well, uh, after this lot of rain, I think, the right. weather's warming up. So, right. yeah, yeah, soon. And feed it with some manure. No, that'll be fine. And Good. complete fertiliser. I, I like a complete fertiliser as well. Because it will slowly release and then any other liquid that you give it will give it an extra boost and you'll see almost instant response. Right. Wormwee, is that all right for it? Or wormwee? It it is, but it's not got everything in it. 
Right here, so complete fertiliser. Yes. That's what I need to get for yep. him. Right here, that's great. Good. Thank All you right. very much. You're welcome. Thank you. Bye, Thanks, Mary. Mary. Cheers Bye. for that. Bye. And you can certainly tell it's spring, can you not? Oh, things are jumping <laughs> and the bottle brush is starting to flower. Yeah, I think the yeah. birds are waking up about 5.30 mm. and I've got uh, a plant outside, Kunzia baxteri, and it's about two metres tall. It's a big shrub and the birds are in and out of there every day, but they wake up in there in the mornings, right? I reckon if I went out with a, they sleep a torch, yeah. I'd find them at night time. Yeah, huddled mm. up in there, yeah. For okay. sure. Okay, nine four eight four one nine two seven. Now, spring has sprung with Parry's Flooring Cleanout Bonanza. Massive savings store-wide, all stock on Parry's carpets, timbers, vinyls, hybrid, laminate, vinyl, planks and remnants must be cleared. And don't forget, Parry's is open all long weekend. Download the new spring catalogue today at parryscarpets.com.au. Station sponsor. Carry on. Uh, we've received an email from Kathy, and she says, Hi, Fane Ray. I was listening to your show last Saturday, as I always try to do, and you were talking about garlic. I thought I'd tell you a little story about how we came by our garlic. Many years ago, we collected a shovel full of elephant garlic bulbs that were growing at the back of some historical ruins. So we figured this crop had been on the go since early settlement. Every year, my hubby plants the garlic in late March and harvests in, in November. The crop is looking great at the moment. So my question is, when the garlic is harvested, I'd like to plant an annual in the bed that will improve the soil mm -hmm. next time for planting next year. Can be flower or veg. What do you recommend? Well, if you look up crop rotation, you'll see that there are recommendations for different plants. Yeah. But specifically, there are some recommendations like rue, chamomile, yarrow and summer savoury. Mm. But what not to plant them with or near would be asparagus, peas and beans, sage, parsley and strawberries because these plants will have stunted growth being planted near garlic. Aha, uh -huh, very mm. interesting. There you go. And one of our volunteers was telling me during the week, actually, uh, Amanda, that there is a place north of Perth where you can actually go and pick your own garlic and oh. weigh it and buy it that way. It's a lot cheaper, straight out of the ground. I'll get more details if, if, mm. if you're interested. But I thought it yes. was another, another good way of getting hold of your garlic rather than going through supermarkets and so forth. Right. Yeah. Excellent idea. Yeah. I, and... Very timely for February, March. Oh, no, that won't work. I'm just thinking of for people planting, but no, for eating. Yeah, you can hang mm. it. So, yeah, cause as we know, it lasts a long time if it's hung. Well, it does. And when <coughs> then it gets to a point where it starts to reshoot. Yeah. And by that time, it should have been in the ground because it starts to lose yeah. its energy. Yeah, okay. Mm. Now, we did receive an email back from... Deep heard. Uh, this was after yeah. last weekend we had an inquiry about some some problems with some blueberry leaves. Yes. And the suggestion is to replant the blueberry plants to another area or pot with acidic soils. A reading of pH between 5 and 6 is ideal, but you can purchase a soil testing kit, of course. Acidic soils are usually sold in uh, agricultural trade centres and nursery Nurseries and garden centres, uh, 
suggest using a camellia and azalea mix. If you wish to plant the blueberries in your raised garden bed, they suggest uh, replacing the existing soil with more acidic soil. So what they're saying is that the the spots on the blueberry leaves are not likely to be bacterial, fungal or viral pathogens, but Mm. because the plant is growing in alkaline soil rather than acidic. Mm. And that's how it's responding. No, so there we very go. good response. Okay, we'll be back shortly. Curtain Radio. 22 minutes after eight, you are tuned into Let's Talk Gardening. And as promised, we have the very famous host of Gardening Australia with us, Costa Georgiadis. Good morning, Costa. You're with Ray and Faye. How are you? Hello, Ray. Hello, Faye. It's awesome to be able to have a chat to you both and to... Uh, Everyone over on your side of uh, the country. How, thank you. We we feel very lucky to have you on the phone. <laughs> Go oh, Ray. It's um look it's it's great. I'm I'm uh, I'm here. It's a beautiful day in uh, Sydney, and you've got me in a happy place. I'm I'm out of nursery actually because I'm collecting some plants for uh, this project that. I'm doing, which we can probably chat about a bit later. But it's uh, look when I'm in a nursery, you just yeah. I just tell them, can you put a a ten dollar credit limit on my card? <laughs> ten dollars. That'll be the day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, that's right. Yeah. That's ten dollars per minute. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> How are you coping with uh, lockdown? The lockdown factor in Sydney. Look, we're. We're going along. I mean, I'm fortunate in the sense that we're we're still filming a That's couple good. of days a week. Yeah. And um, outside of that, uh, I suppose because I'm not travelling as much. I, I mean, I was going to be, I was going to be over there for um, for for Nanip, yeah. uh, a couple of weeks ago, but that didn't happen. But but yeah, with filming and then sort of all the online stuff. Uh, I mean, I'm it's kind of seven days a week. Yeah. I know. Daytimes, it's non-stop. Well, Ray and I were talking earlier about how we get cranky if we don't get out into the garden. And, <laughs> and you know, this morning I wake up and I'm listening to your Gardening for Kids podcast. You know, other times it'll be Costa is Facebook Live now. Like, do you do you sleep? Do you and sleep exactly? Do you get any gardening time in? <laughs> yeah. Well, look, the good thing in answer to that question is that because I'm not travelling as much, it means that, you know, I'm predominantly waking up at home, um, which means I can get up in the morning and do a little bit of time. And and as you know, even just 15 minutes yeah. on a regular basis, back to back, like day after day, 15 minutes will transform areas. It, mm. will, it will have an impact. You know, it doesn't need to be, oh, I'm going to give up my Saturday to fix the garden. That's actually worse because then nothing happens for another two weeks. So, so yeah, my garden is really benefiting from me being around, and uh, and I'm enjoying it. It's it's feeding it's feeding a balance with everything else that's going on. So in between everything else, you've you've written a book. Like mm. honestly, Costa, <laughs> when did you fit that in? <laughs> well, I didn't tell you about the app that I developed. That you know, you put a, a, a beanie on, and then it just transforms your dreams into a book. Oh uh-huh. yeah, that's nothing to do with it. Yeah, it uh-huh. just happened. Oh god. <laughs> Yeah, look, it's been uh, it's been interesting. I mean, 
as a, as a, as a journey. I, I mean, from day one, when I started on SBS, they were saying to me, we want you to write a book. And I said, yeah, yeah, I'm not ready. And then when I started at the ABC, they started and said, and so each year I'd get a call saying, what about it? What about it? And I'd be, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. And then finally in 2019, I sort of said, oh, I think I should do this because they wanted me to go to a writer's festival. <laughs> You'll love this. You'll, this is the best moment. They said, oh, we'd love you to come to the, the writer's festival. And I said, yeah, yeah, it was all organised. I was, I was two weeks out and they said, oh, can you send us a copy of your book? <laughs> and I said, oh, uh, it's in my head. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, we won't be needing you. Yeah, so it, made me, it made me realize that if 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 I uh, if I want to go to a writers festival, you have to have a book. So that was kind of a funny moment that just pushed. You didn't pushed read the blurb, did you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, exactly. So so that's how it. Uh, that was a funny moment. So then over over twenty, I kind of um, wrote it. You know, in and out, in and out, because it was still busy last year, and then it got a bit delayed with um, editing and so on, and then it went out. It was going to be, it's going to be April. It was going to be Easter, and then it just got delayed with stuff, and then it was going to be first of September, and now it's the second week, mid October. But, but yeah, it's 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 kind of a bit. I must say, it's a bit surreal because I got the book physically in my hands last week, and you just go, oh, hang on, it's here. Um, that's that's and then I got a knock at the door. This was the bit that really shook me up. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. <laughs> I got a knock at the door, and there's a guy there, and he says, "Oh, mate, I got a pallet for you." And I was like, "Oh." And then I go out. He said, oh, "Can you give me a hand and push it onto the?" He was a lovely guy. Can you give me a hand and push it onto this forklift? So I push it on, and then he just drops this thing with about forty-five boxes oh. and about eight hundred books. And um, I had to sign them, All of them. Um, which is another, that's another world. But, but just seeing a cubic metre of book and you realise with this whole book thing, particularly the edit, I, I learnt a lot in the edit process. I know, I, I mean, I understand editing with film production and, you know, editing in, in the work that we generally do for people that are on social media, you have something, you edit it, you know, you go back in even tomorrow if I want to add, add a link or something to something I've done, you can open it and edit it. Yeah. I mean, with a printed book, it's that's there. It. That's there. It's there. Mm. And if it's wrong, it's like wrong. It's, mm. you can't pull mm. it back. So, mm. yeah, it was a real that, – that, that was an eye-opening aspect and, and a little bit daunting. Mm. Like it, 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 it sort of keeps, you, keeps it real. It keeps it real. And I've learned a lot. It's been a, a – uh, <laughs> you know, push, push out of your comfort zone. I mean, I do a lot of writing. I mean, I write – blogs and I write posts and I write forwards and I do all this stuff but it's very different when you put yourself out there with a book you know well it's good to be on the other side of it because you would have been involved with lots of book launches for other people over the years I'm sure (laughs) well that's the funny thing that's pushing me out of the zone because normally I'm I'm writing you know writing people say oh can you write a sting for the back cover of my book or can you write a foreword and you know, I recently did did one for for Hannah Maloney, and you know her book is fantastic, and that was a pleasure to to write write some for that, and and then another one for for another um, another uh, friend, and yeah, like lots of people ask me, and um, yeah, that's that's one thing, you know, yeah. or sitting and and doing a, a conversation with the with an author, 
is one thing. But but suddenly when other people, um, like I, the, the first book review just popped onto my screen literally when I got here to the nursery today, like about 20 minutes ago, the, the, a bookshop had written a book review and put it up on the social media. Oh, wow. I just, I just sort of read it and I was like, oh, I got a bit wobbly, you it's know. A, it's real. Think, it's made it real. It's, it's, mm. Yeah, it's real, and it, and it's a bit like wow. Yeah, you know. I suppose it's it's kind of like this baby that you've had in your head, and then when it goes out into the the public realm, and you know, it, I mean, from a from a gardening point of view, I I didn't set out to write a prescriptive, all encompassing gardening bible because I just that wasn't. Well, I had a look at what you sent through to me a few pages yeah. and and a few of the words, joyous, inspiring, educational, informational, and it's it's beautifully set. It's it's soft. Uh, the words are big enough to read. It, it's just a very inviting book, Costa, and full of your knowledge in your words, very direct and succinct. It's beautiful from what I've seen. Costa's world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. well, that, thanks, Faye. I, I mean, that was my intent. I, like, I'm not, I'm not writing this book for, like, prescriptively for, for Jerry or Josh or Sophie, like, if you know what I mean. Like, it's not, this is not about writing a prescriptive, all-encompassing book about, the A to Z of gardening. I mean, there's magnificent books out there, and I didn't need to emulate or copy that. What I yeah. what I wanted was to share this idea of 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 perspective and and how how I see the world through that lens of of gardening as the as the goggles. And and I wanted it when when I initially set out my my tenet was head, heart, hands. Mm. Like this is the head. This is the science. This is the heart. This is why I love it. And this is the hands. This is what you can do about it. But when I started to write, I actually realized that what I wanted was for it to be heart head hands because mm. people are bombed out with information and, yeah. and facts. So what yeah. I wanted to do was put my angle on by saying, well, it's the heart. So this is why I love pollination or this is why I love endemic native plants. Mm. This is the science behind it. And this is what you can do about it. So that was kind of the the the, the setup, the, the 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 structure. And you know, with the help of Breno Quinlan, one of your one of your fine uh, fine new recruits now, she's uh, she's living on your side of the world now. Um, incredible illustrator, just to have her love and energy in the drawings. And and Lisa Lisa Reedy, she did all the graphic design. Between those two. Um, they 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 make the pages come to life with yeah. a lot of love and yeah. and feeling and and Barbara McClanahan from she she was the editor that had to bash, panel beat my writing. Uh -huh. <laughs> and, <laughs> She's still alive. <laughs> She's still, uh, off, alive. off your website, uh, Costa Costa's World, I I collected a few quotes and I just wanted to run them by you, get your opinion or a little bit more explanation around them. The first one is gardening is about communication, relationships, routines and life enrichment. Yeah, I suppose like I said before, like routine is what brings success. I mean, nature does that. Nature has routines. You, you know, mm. the, 
there's sunrise, there's the middle of the day, the heat, and then sunset, and, you know, spring follows and summer. And, you know, so I, I suppose that, that idea that, 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 that routine and habit and, and connection, when, when we actually see that playing out in nature yeah. and we work with it, then we will have success. You don't need all these condiments and additives yeah. to b- find success. Success is there. We just have to see it. And yeah. and I think the the lens that that idea of the goggles through which we see the world, and you know, like oh, are you going to blow up and start torching everything with 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 chemicals because you had something, or can you look at it in a bigger picture and mm. maybe think about predator? predator-prey relationships and, and beneficial plants to bring in the, the, um, the, the, the insects that'll do the job. So, so yeah, that's the kind of, um, that's that idea of communication mm. and habit and observation, like that it's going on and you can see it if you look. And, I, and this one, I believe in gardening the soil as well as the soul. Yeah, I, someone, someone said an interesting thing the other day. They said, you know, actually... The way you've written this, it's like the the, the the soul is is sort of that. The soul is kind of the the driver behind this. It's mm, like, mm. well, why are we doing it, and why do we need this, and why have I found so much love um, and content in the garden, like yeah. you do, and like all the listeners. I mean, you, you think about just the fact that everyone listening today, like they have that that love to tune in again, you know, and, and you, you become this, this wonderful point on the horizon and, and you two are hope, you know, people are hope for Saturday and, and there's hope in the show and there's hope in the advice and then hope in the actions that they do. And, and I think at a time like this, you know, globally, yes. where hope has been extinguished in so many areas and people feel the, the disturbing side of this disturbance, I think you know we we have so many answers and and you're you you two are peddling them every week you know and dishing it out you're, you're ladling that Bay Marie of hope. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're we're trying. There's there's a couple of people listening. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's plenty. I'm sure there's plenty. And and you know that idea that people can listen to it. Outside, I mean, I, uh, they can listen to it outside of this time as well. That yeah. technology gives us that chance to listen when we can and not go, oh, bummer, I missed it this week. Or, you, you know, I, I, I listen to it, you know, when I'm on drives. and Really? Um, you know, if I'm in You listen to yeah, our yeah, podcast? Yeah. Oh, but, Ray, we're going to have to be careful what we say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I look at those couple of, couple of clients that you said about me about seven years ago, you know. <laughs> no, no, it's great. I love that. I love mm. that. You, you know, I, I used to listen to, to Tino's one and t- Tino just pulled back from his and, and, and has, has sort of uh, last weekend was his last one because he said his farm and his family are, uh, his priority and he just needs to step back a bit. But, you know, you can still listen to those. And as you know, I mean, seasonally, the information that you share, getting reminded exactly each year, whether I'm listening to your 2018 version or your 2021, what changes is just that sentiment and, and then there's adding, you know, you're mm. adding details to it, but it's beautiful to hear it in the context of today, but, if I hear it in a month or 
six months, it's still valuable. Absolutely. And I have one more quote for you, and I like this one very much. Get growing, back yourself, and make mistakes. It's your mistakes and observations that are your greatest tutors. And that's just in life in general, isn't it? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I always remember when I wander around Sophie's garden during her open days when I've been over there, and she talks about, oh, because someone goes, wow, look at this incredible salvia bed here. And it's doing, and she said, yeah, but before that there was this and before yeah, that there was yeah, that that failed yeah. and this that failed. And, yeah. you know, I I had a compost bin. I went out to check yesterday and I was so proud of this one that it had transformed into a total worm farm. But residents, because there's so many residents at home at the moment, They've been putting their scraps in that instead of the bin. So I needed my signage. I needed my rock sign on there to say, I'm, I'm, um, I'm baking. Don't feed me. Yeah. It got fed and fed and fed over the last few days, created a glug, and yeah. it, 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 it broke the oxygen, became anaerobic, and killed all the worms. Oh, so, dear. Yeah. You know, yeah. what's my lesson? Put the sign on there, dingbat. Like, I've been meaning to do that for a while. And I didn't do it. And poor worms went to their death because I didn't do that sign. So I fed to do the sign in their memory. And the book is released on the 13th of October, Costa. Yeah, there's a um, Booktopia has got a, a, a early bird special on it at the moment. Booktopia, um, yeah? Yeah, there's a. I, I, I sent a link to. To, yeah. to you about that and if people want to get in early that's uh, it's it's available and and that'll be a signed one as well because that, oh wow signed that I've oh. signed and I set oh. up this little system and I didn't want to just put a scratch so I've actually put a, a thought in each one but when oh, you put my a thought goodness. and the signature and I numbered them all as well so <gasps> I, I sort of want to um, so each book that I sign forever I'll, I'll, I've got a running counter that I'll have so that I just know. So um, they're just little things that I don't know because so, I just think it's special for someone to, to right. buy a book. Yeah. You know, it's 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 an investment and 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 it's it's a valuable sort of connection. And and I don't want it to just be a case of oh, I just buy my book because that's the latest thing on my plate. This is. Uh oh, are you there? Well, I tell I tell you what, the link to Booktopia is in the comments. Un, on the curtain Facebook oh, yeah. uh, post that mm. I put up today, and and most people, if they can't sleep, Costa will go to bed and count sheep. But you'll be counting books, is that right? Mm. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Well, when the when the next pallet arrives, I'll be like, oh, I carry them. But the the good thing is, I had a bit of a laugh the other day because a friend of mine sent me a picture. Um, of Jimmy Barnes signing this children's book and he had it all set up and there was this big long table and there was rows of books and box empty boxes and full boxes and and they said oh and I said oh yeah that's that's nice um, but um, Jimmy won't be packing them back in the boxes <laughs> I don't imagine exactly <laughs> I, I had my system and I I picked them up one box at a time put it on a chair opened them stacked them numbered them then signed them, then put them in the box, then walked it back outside so I didn't just keep doing the one thing and then carted them onto the truck with the, the truck driver. So it's nice. I like that. I just think it's... It's, it's a process. It, it's a process and, yeah. and I value 
you know, anyone that, that that's going to read it, I, I think, wow, you know, that's that's kind of a, a it's a privilege. Uh, I feel, you yeah, know, it's humbling, um, very humbling. It is humbling. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. It's very humbling. Um, and like I said, I, I sort of wobbled a bit when I read this yeah. review. Not not because it was good, bad, or otherwise, but just that someone someone writes this and you just think, oh wow, you know, this is this is different. You know? Well, we can't wait to get our hands on it. Oh, he's going to deliver one, Ray. Okay. Yes. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. When um, so I'm just, <laughs> I'm just not sure when that. Uh, when that opportunity will arise. Yeah, that's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that, it, you know, I'll be able to get back for NANAP and some of the community garden um, community events. garden projects yeah. that are going on in those events. So I'm, I've been doing those things online, which is, you know, it's nice to support events while, you know, even, even when we can't be there. And, yeah, I can't wait to come back and uh, be able to see people face-to-face and, and come in and see you both and... Talk, talk to your listeners again. Same we day. look forward to it. And, and I've got some special gardens to show you too <laughs> when you've got time. Thank you, Costa. Oh, wow. Lovely chatting with you again. Yeah, look, to both of you, thanks, Ray. Thanks, Faye. Um, and uh, have a have a great, great weekend and uh, take care. You, you too. too. Thank you. Bye. Cheers for that. And that was, of course, Costa Georgiadis, ABC Gardening Australia, and uh, a book that uh, I think we're rubbing a little hot hands together because it looks absolutely amazing, and it's not a complicated book. Um, we're very, very excited about it. Curtain Radio. And you're with Ray and Faye. This is Let's Talk Gardening. We are straight out to the lines. We're in Bellagura. Peter, thank you for waiting. Yes, good morning, Faye and Ray. Hi, Peter. Yeah, no problems. Um, I, I think this is the first year that I've actually noticed um, aphids on my lemon tree. Okay, yep. Uh, yep. Quite common. They've started to arrive. A uh, couple of things that I would do if I didn't want them there. Well, actually, I must say I get a bit excited when I see aphids because you probably know that I love watching the predators and parasites that come into my garden. And, of course, there's things like ladybirds, there's lace wings, there's little tiny flower spiders uh, that feed on these. Um, hoverflies will lay their eggs, and they've been out and about busily laying eggs. So when they hatch, the larva looks like a tiny little caterpillar, and they will feast on aphids. If you're disturbed by aphids in your garden, the first recommendation I have would be to spray them, squirt them with a hose. Many of them will drop off and not come back because a lot of them can't fly. Uh, Second thing that you could do if they bother you is spray with an eco oil, eco oil which is hippo enhanced. And I have actually witnessed the predators and parasites coming in after this is sprayed. So it doesn't harm the beneficial organisms in the garden and, in fact, encourages the good guys. So does that sound all right to you, Peter? Yes, and and surprisingly, I I did that over the last few days. I actually did squirt them with a hose and I reckon probably 90% of them have dropped off. Yes. But the the aphids won't damage the tree in any way, will they? Well, they, they are sap suckers and they can carry viruses. But you see, what I've witnessed in my garden is that within usually about three days, the good guys start start coming in and taking over the aphids. So I see them as part of the food chain 
for the good guys. The more good guys we have in the garden, is the better it is and the better yep. it manages the pests. Yep. But if I just leave it, they won't, I'll still get my crop of lemons, won't I? I believe so, yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, Especially well, if you've only got 10% of what was there. Yeah. So if I just look at it every day and just get the hose and, and just keep screwing it every day, I might, I might eradicate it by 100% perhaps. Absolutely. But keep your eye out for the good bugs too, okay? So look for things that are a little bit different. The ladybird larvae look like, well, I used to think they looked like small slaters with legs and blackish with orange dots. Now that's oh, yeah. your ladybird larvae. So them, the adults are good. Uh, the small caterpillars, which are hoverfly larva and hoverflies themselves. Then there's lots of predatory long-legged flies um, and, and praying mantises too you might find in your garden. Okay, yep. All right. Keep, I'll, um, keep I'll watching. Keep on it. Yeah, I will do. Thank Thanks, you, Peter. Peter. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Bye. 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 And we're popping down to Bridgetown, which I love it down there. Greg, good morning. Hi, Greg. Oh, hello. Morning, ladies. How are you? How, really well. Very good. Um, just a question. We sold recently a house in Yanjibut, which was full of papanil and roses. Now, we want to bring them to our new ones to Bridgetown, but we can't bring them here just yet. So I need to have them in pots in Perth for about 12 months. Okay. What size, what size pot will not stimulate, um, you know, suffocate their growth or... Be beneficial. What what size are your rose bushes, or how old are they, and what type are they? They've only just been bought from Dawson's this week. Oh, okay. They're, they're in a like a five inch pot, and they're they're papa melons. Oh, papa, papa melons. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, gorgeous. Uh, I would say probably twice the size of what they're currently in should probably do it. When we pot okay. on. We usually go for the next size pot up. Uh, okay. I, I'm not sure how big that rose will grow. But, yes, if you went for for a pot twice the size of what they're in now, that will give them room, room to grow. And as long as you keep them, them moist and keep monitoring them, they should be fine for 12 months. Okay. Because then they're going to the ground at Bridgetown. Fantastic. They're my wife's favourite rose. So uh, They're a beauty. Uh, I, one other little question, if I may. Is it too late to put um, seedlings of tomatoes and such in a greenhouse? Is that too hot or should I just put them out in the open? Oh, I would say out in the open, but give them a little, little bit of protection for the moment. Where, uh, is this going into Yanjabup or Bridgetown? Is it? Well, this we've got a rental in Yanjabut for 12 months and we move between the two houses, if you know what I okay, mean. Okay, no, now's perfect time to get them in the ground. So I don't need to sort of grow them up in the, in the greenhouses. It's I, no, 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 now's a perfect time because we're going to get some rains this week, uh, this week and that will settle them in and the, the soil's starting to warm Timing up. Timing is right. Yep, no, they'll, they'll be good to go. Go for it. Thank you very much, All right. God, ladies. God bless. Ta-da. You too. Bye-bye. Cheers for them. Okay, 94841927. Back shortly. Radio. Thank you for your company this morning. Let's head straight out to the lines. We are in Parkerville talking about camellias. Maria, hello. 
Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. I have a question. I've just done a big renovation and lots of cement render and paint has uh, landed on the ground all around my camellias and they are mature camellias. Obviously, had to cut them back greatly. Um, I know I will have to dig the excess cement and stuff away from them, but undoubtedly there will be stuff that's a residue that's there. Being acid-loving plants, what can I do to restore the balance of the soil? How much are you talking about, Maria? Probably over a distance of about three and a half, four metres, probably about a wheelbarrow full. Oh, is there no way that you can rake it out? Yes, I can. Uh, it, It will be dry. Uh, yeah. It is dry by now, but I can rake it. That's my thought, to rake it. Yes, um, yes. Shovels away. But if we're going to get rain, there's going to be leaching of, of the residue of cement, and that's what I'm worried about. Mm, I, I wouldn't worry too much, but I would get out there and uh, rake it because you don't want that in your garden. That's the equivalent of builder's rubble. Um, oh, it is. Yeah. No, it, I wouldn't worry too much. Mm-hmm. I, d- I don't think... There's a great risk um, in the short term, but okay, I, so I would remove it. Yes, oh, definitely. Mm. It looks terrible too. Yes, but I was I was worried that it would actually affect them and make them go yellow and what have you. So, um, okay, well, thank you. Um, their roots should be quite deep enough then. Well, they they are sh- they will have shallow roots. Um, oh. So rake it out and then. Give, give your camellias a, a tonic, like a, a seaweed solution, and then put back some nice mulch or compost okay. or both. Okay. Thank yeah, you Give so them much. a bit of extra love. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Oh, I had to fight to keep them alive. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah, so after a hard prune, yes, just tizzy them up a bit, give them a bit of love and mm-hmm. food okay. and keep them moist. They'll be fine. Okay, thank you so much. You're welcome. Yeah, you too. Thanks, Maria. And let's go to Dianella. We're talking to Barbara. She has an observation about Costa's book. Hi, Barbara. How are you? (laughs) Hello. Um, Yeah, it's great to be able to hear what you girls are talking about with Costa. It was really informative. Um, But I did miss the cost of the book. I think Costa said something about a pre-release. Yes, yes. Uh, Do you do Facebook, Barbara? Uh, no. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, just for everyone else who does, we have a Curtain yep. Radio Facebook page and each right. week I put up a post about what is on the show, who our guests are for the week. In the right. comments, I put a link to where his book can be purchased, <laughs> a signed copy, um, and that's with Booktopia. So, oh, okay. so that, that's where to go to. While I was talking to you, I actually looked up Booktopia. Would I need to go through the link from your Facebook page or can I just go straight to Booktopia? Go straight to Booktopia if yep. you wanted. And yeah. ty- type in Costa's World. Costa's That's, World? Yeah. Okay, so I'm guessing that it's $30.95? $30. That's correct. Okay, all right. Now, the other thing I wanted to share with you, and I'm hoping this might be a, um, a, a good observation, I don't know, because the little... Jet planes, the New Holland honey eaters here are getting fat and um, enjoying all the 
the aphids that are yes. just coming out. So like the last speaker, I do use the hose to spray underneath because of the um, chilly trips. Yeah. But I'm wondering, I've got my fingers crossed. So far, it looks as though they're quite healthy. And I um, had the head off a um, calendula with the lots out of one head. I got hundreds of seedlings and I've got them planted everywhere. And I'm wondering if the smell of the calendula is actually keeping my rose bushes free so far or am I being... No, that's, I love your observations. That's fantastic because we talked about planting calendulas as a trap plant. Um, yeah. Thrips also, uh, other thrips will go to yellow. Um, the thing is what we had understood about chilli thrip is that then they don't live well in cold conditions and or wet conditions. Yeah. Okay? So it's yeah. still early. It hasn't warmed up. We've had um, a couple of hottish days, mm. but it's still yeah. been quite cold other than one night the other night, which was quite balmy. Yes. Most of yeah. the nights are cold. So still. that is in our favour. So the breeding cycle will be very, very slow. Combined yeah. with the water that you're spraying around, that it, yeah. that's a great preventative. Yeah. So what I've been doing is using the fan spray underneath the leaves, yep. and I've been, any of the any of the um, calendulas that I've been deadheading, I'm putting them around the base yep. of the rose as well. So yep. hopefully, smell because it's quite potent the smell from a calendula. I like it, but mm. yeah, it has a feel about it too when you're picking them, doesn't it? Yes, and they're very they're bright. They're lovely and cheery, aren't they? Yellow, yeah. anything yellow. Orange, uh, it, it looks does cherry in the garden. Yeah. Mm. yeah, so you're saying that the chili thrips will actually go to the flower? That's my understanding. They're attracted to yellow, but they're also attracted to blue sticky traps. So okay. you, can, you can do a few things in the garden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if this is a very nice thing to talk about on radio, but we, we've tried to protect our mangoes because um, we have quite huge crops and it's just a backyard. But um, we've been finding that urine in a bottle with a hole on it is working better than the sticky trap because the sticky trap will collect like we actually make a little wire cage to go over them because we caught a bird which was unfortunate and also lizards can get caught in them whereas this urine it just straight away starts collecting fruit fly yep. and then of course you can put it into the garden and it's, and it's actually a um, fertilizer exactly and yes all right we have to go to the news right now barbara thanks for your call and great observations <laughs> see you bye-bye thanks barbara bye Oh, it's nine o'clock. Where did that hour go? Right now it's 14.2 degrees, partly cloudy, heading for a maximum of 25. And the minimum overnight into Sunday will be 12 with a maximum of 20. There will be a shower or two tomorrow, forecasting one to four mils. And on Monday, the minimum overnight is 12 again. Maximum 21 shower or two and a couple of mils of rain is expected. Now, our current rainfall so far for September is sitting at 44.6 mils, 28 mils down on our September average. However, I think the next few days will remedy that. And uh, for the year, we are 50 mils up overall on our annual average. So it's it's all it's to it's talking along quite nicely, would you say, Faye, our rainfall? 
I'm pretty happy with We're things pr- the way they are. Happy. Yeah, I'd like the rain to come at night. And oh, of course you would. <laughs> but uh, certainly looks like we're in for a, a wet week next week. But always, you know, with the school holidays, that that has happened since I was a kid. One dry week and one wet week just seems to be the and pattern. show week. Always <laughs> and show weeks the week the yeah. that the snakes are often sighted. Okay, and one was not far from us. Mm. Really, how close? Up the street. Okay. And the bobtails have been out. out so yeah, yep. spring has sprung. Spring has certainly sprung. Okay, let's go to Hillary's. Julie, good morning. Good morning. Hi, Jenny. Um, Julie. A... Hello. Yes, we're here. How can we help you? I have a beautiful um, tractor plant which has really grown very large and I need to split it up. Um, the stems are quite long with the leaves on the end. Do I cut them off or do I leave the long stalk with the leaf when I split it up? Uh, there may be some damage when you do split it up depending on how how and when you divide it. Uh, I would cut away the outside leaves so that the the energy can go into the new growth and right. just yeah repot it, tidy it up. Uh, often the leaves I might be the whole lot it's huge I'm thinking of just taking the outer ones off and potting them up okay um, cutting them away and and so yes there will probably be some damage and I would probably leave just maybe three three centre ones okay and then you'll get new growth as the plant develops more roots and, and settles in and are you potting them or dividing them out into the garden I'll probably pot them. Sounds lovely. And how big are they? Oh, it would be oh, what the leaves. The stems are about a metre. The bush itself is probably about six foot across. Wow. Oh, sounds it's magnificent. <laughs> yes. Um, but it's, it's taking over the path and sort of yes, um, just getting a little too large. So I thought if I could... Trim it back and pot some new ones off what I've got. That would be nice. Mm. So when when you look down, you'd be looking for or to remove plants. Now, this is what we call division. And yeah. it's separating out new plants. So look for that central part. You can often yeah. tell uh, where they're all originating from one point. Right. And I, I'd get a sharp um, spade or knife or something, being careful not to damage too much of the, the roots. Yep. I Good luck. Sounds like works. a big job. Yes. And does it need uh, – what sort of soil should I put it into? A, a potting mix? A, a premium a potting mix would be my recommendation. Right. Okay, thank you very much. You're welcome, Julie. Good luck with that. Okay, and Diana of Mandra phoned in and she said, back in New Zealand, the pollen from calendulas was used successfully for acne problems. Right. Well, well, well. Mm. See, there's so much to learn. Okay, speaking of learning, I hope people are sitting by the radio today with their diaries because there's so many events coming on. You need to take these dates down. This is an open garden happening next weekend for Open Gardens WA. We're speaking with Jenny. Good morning. How are you, Jenny? Hi, I'm well. How are you? Very good. We're really well. I imagine that 
things are really quite busy at your end in preparation for next weekend. They are indeed. Yeah. And great gardening weather, isn't it? Well, it is, although it's very nippy in the hills. It sure is, yeah. It's, it's crisp. Yeah. And so tell us about Bush Prelude. What what type of garden have you got? Well, it's it's under a canopy of married trees, mm. um, uh, but it's an extensive garden. It, it's an a, a full acre of garden. Fabulous. And I've mixed both um, native plants and European plants together. And um, I think it's quite a cascade of, of blooms at the moment. Looking out of my window, um, I've created a. We've created a series of lime, circular limestone terraces, with um, clay paths, red clay paths, um, moving between all the different areas in the garden. Um, and it's um, people find it really delightful. So yeah. I'm hoping that. Uh, those that we propose sharing it with next weekend will enjoy it. I mean, looking out of my window, I can see see pink cascade and charismos, um, azaleas. Oh, it sounds very colourful. Is it the first time you've opened the garden? No, it's the second time. Okay. But, we've, but for people who've been before, there are lots of, well, three um, sort of quite large new areas of garden that we've created um, part of it during the lockdown and uh, we got a lot of support from people on the street walking past encouragement of oh you nearly finished the weeding and oh (laughs) right oh that's what you're going to plant here (laughs) oh it sounds fabulous i've been to your garden before jenny and it was beautiful when i last saw it there's oh that's lovely i I remember i remember all the little garden rooms little pockets and different yes. areas. And we've got a lot of lovely garden urns placed mm. in different areas, which draws the eye. And I love I thought, them. Yeah. You know, it's a nice juxtaposition against plants. And we've used native grasses quite extensively, particularly in the back area, so that it, so the back garden merges with the borrowed landscape behind, which mm. is about 200 hectares of um, bushland owned by the Water Corporation, so it's water catchment and we can't be built out. Mm, there's lots of ideas in this garden. If people haven't been here before, it's at 31 Hinkler Road in Kalamunda, open next weekend, 2nd and 3rd of October, from 10 to 4 each day. And, of course, there's lots more going on in the garden too. What What else have you got there, Jenny? Well, I've got a studio, so the studio will be open and people can... Um, browse in the studio. There'll also be um, a, a person, Simon Rumsey, his name is, from Vintage Garden Vintage Garden Creations, and he creates beautiful obelisks, some of which we actually have in our garden, um, but he'll have a display um, in, in our back garden, which uh, people can see and purchase pieces if they want them mm. for their garden. It's amazing when you in, when you put an object in the garden yeah. how it just draws things together. Mm-hmm. Mm. I agree. Mm. So they're very sort of appropriate for this garden, uh, Simon's. Uh, well, they're sculptures, really, sculptures and obelisks. Mm. And refreshments are available? Refreshments are definitely available, morning and afternoon. And um, who, who's doing those, Jenny? Uh, the Open Garden Scheme uh, caterers and volunteers are doing it. They've been 
they've been producing nice things for a long time. Guaranteed yumminess. Yes. Yes. And the fundraising initiative for this is Timor Less. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, Well, my father was a commando on Timor during the Second World War and the Timorese did a huge amount to support our Australians and um, uh, this is a television mini-series being developed called Camarada which traces the relationship of the young Australian commandos and the teenage boys who assisted them and um, helped them both survive and conduct their very effective um, guerrilla war. Um, And it was the only part of of the Asia-Pacific that didn't actually surrender to the Japanese. So it's quite an unusual story. And um, we want to make this TV miniseries because it will alert a lot of Australians who don't know what a debt of honour we really have to the Timorese. Um, So the proceeds will go into... Um, supporting that project. Mm, that sounds fascinating. Wonderful. Yeah. All right. Well, good luck, Jenny, and I look forward to seeing you next weekend. Have a fantastic week. Delightful. Well, do make contact with me. I'll look out for you. Okay, and, uh, I will. Uh, yes, and thank you again for being interested in this garden. Oh, always. All, all gardens. <laughs> Too easy. It's our pleasure. You take care. Thank you, Jenny. Go thank well. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers for Bye-bye. that. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. All right, now we're going to go to Bell Divers and we're chatting about slugs. Doreen, good morning. Good morning. Um, I read in a book about slugs. It's place pieces of orange in the garden and I come out in the morning and they're just covered in slugs. Ah, underneath or over the top? All over the place. Right, okay, because I know one of the tips is to, uh, once you've juiced your oranges or lemons, to put mm. those skins in the garden and, and, and slugs and sladers will harbour underneath and that acts as a trap and then they can be thrown away or given to the chickens. Oh, well, it seems like the slugs actually either suck the juice in, from the flesh and or burrow into it. Right, mm. okay, because they like the moisture that, Particularly, yeah. I would think. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that is a good tip. Thank you, Doreen. I've got nine this morning. So. Oh, good on you. <laughs> yeah, no, because they they're out and about uh, at my house. Yes. Yeah, horrible things. Yeah, yeah, particularly when you stand on them at night barefooted. Yeah, yeah, nice. (laughs) Thanks for that, Ray. All right. Yeah, I know. It happens. Thanks, Doreen. You take care. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. All right, now I'm just trying to think. You're looking at an email. Go ahead. I'm looking at lots of emails here, right? So this has come from David. This is what he believes to be a psych ad, and every four or five years these pods arrive. What are they? Can they be used? Please explain. (laughs) And this is um, David from High Wycombe. So what's happening here, David? This looks to be the native psych ad, Macrosamia reedlii, And it has five seed cones. They look to be female because different plants will be either male or female. So what needs to happen here in order for these to be pollinated is pollen from the male cones. And often these are wind pollinators, so they'll blow on the wind. Pollen is very fine. Mm. When they're fertilized, what will happen is the seeds will develop 
and they become very red. They look like they glow in the bush. Now, these can be used, but they're, they're toxic. I believe they can cause rickets and they were used by the Indigenous people but they were processed in a certain way. They were put put into a bag or into a, a woven basket and placed in the river and the water passes through them. So they need to set, sit there for days and or weeks to be processed and remove the poisons. And then I think they ground them into a powder. So... Yes, they can be used, but I wouldn't. The best I would hope for is that they are fertilised and then you could grow them or propagate them. Okay. So there we go. All right, and there's also another open garden next weekend. This is why I meant people needed to be sitting by their radio with a pen and paper. It's uh, next week and open between 10am and 5pm each day uh, for Glenfield Place in Mount Nazura. Now, it's called Glenfield Open Garden, uh, presented by Anne and Kelvin Bain. Beautiful garden filled with rustic charm, native plants and succulents. So perhaps, you know, the other open garden is in the area of just having a sticky bit, Kalamunda. This one's Mount Nazura. It's all within Kui. Uh, it would be great to go and see a couple of gardens while you're out and about. All proceeds for this garden are going to Cancer Council and it's a plant sale. There's bric-a-brac stalls, local art, a sausage sizzle, tea and coffee, cakes and scones, raffles and more. So it sounds like a, a wonderful day out. And that is at Four Glenfield Place in Mount Nazura, Glenfield's Open Garden, set on 3,000 square metres. Uh, and uh, the owners have been there for over 30 years and I think it's a very quirky garden even the restored railway ca carriage and lots of dry stone walls and cottage garden and succulents and lots lots more so uh, worth worth killing two birds with one stone well that takes the total to three next weekend made of our Kalamunda and Mount Nazura so I know what I'll be doing hitting the it's, road yeah 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 okay <laughs> Uh, and just quickly, thanks to Linda and Bill for their information. The Darling Range branch of the Wildflower Society are having a wildflower walk tomorrow, Sunday the 26th of September. Meet at the National Park Gate on Ship Road off Hummerston Road in Piercy Brook near Calamunda. Starts at 9.45 and finishes at noon. You can ring Bill or Linda. I do have contact details here for anyone who's interested. I'm sure the details will be on Facebook, Darling Range Branch of the Wildflower Society. Okay, lovely. Thank you. Curtain Radio. 22 minutes after nine, the morning has flown. And we've had great guests on this morning, not to mention Costa Georgiatis. It doesn't get any better than that, does it? So, but well, all, we're, all our guests we're are great. Happy. We're very happy, very lucky. Heading to Armadale, we're talking about dragon fruit. Richard, hi. How are you going? Yes, I've had a. Um, I, I, I've got dragon fruit in, in the garden. It's, it's still green, but it's, and it's the same size when I put it in there a few years ago. It didn't grow at all. Right, so it's not hasn't grown much at all. No, it's still the same size when I put it in. Yeah, it's still, still alive and everything, but it just hasn't grown. Well, that's unusual because they they tend to put on a fair bit of growth in the warm weather. Uh, certainly, 
I think you've done very well if you've got through the winter and it's still looking as good as it did last summer. Uh, maybe feed it when it gets a little bit warmer, so probably around October. You could certainly give it a liquid food of um, oh, just any, any complete fertiliser, but I would also add slow-release complete fertiliser to the ground. Just dig down a little bit, Richard, and make sure that the soil is good. See if it's moist. You could apply a wetting agent to make sure the water's getting in there. Did you prepare the planting hole well when you started? Yeah, it's, been, it's, been in about five, it's been in about five years, but it just hasn't it grown. Is it getting enough sunlight? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's right by the fence. It's right by the fence next next to the neighbours. Right. Push it along with some food. So, wetting agent. You can use manure, clay, and compost. Uh, give it a good mulch. Give it a handful of a complete fertilizer that's slow release. And in a couple of weeks, give it a liquid feed as well. And I'm well, sure... Would, would blood and bone do? Blood and bone will be a help, but there's lots of other things you can add to it if you want to move it and get it growing. Oh, no worries. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Richard. Thank you. Day. Cheers for them. Now, spring has sprung with Parry's flooring clean-out bonanza. Massive savings store-wide. All stock on Parry's carpets, timbers, vinyls, hybrid, laminate, Vinyl planks and remnants must be cleared. And don't forget, Parry's is open all long weekend. Download the new spring catalogue today at parryscarpets.com.au station sponsor. Oh, we have a busy, busy morning. Let's head to Mandra. We're talking about calendulas. Margaret, hi. Oh, good morning, girls. Morning. Um, Faye, could you please repeat those few plants that are best not to grow garlic next to? Oh, okay. I've got a pile of notes here. Uh, oh, okay. I know I there was... There was only about four or five, yes. but I've yep. only got the parsley and the tomatoes. Okay. Asparagus. Asparagus. Peas and beans. Oh, yes. Sage, well. parsley and strawberries. So you don't grow garlic near any of those things. And, right. you know, it kind of makes sense if you think about it, particularly with the asparagus, because both of those plants require a good root zone so garlic is a bulb crop that grows in the ground and asparagus have has quite an extensive fibrous root system so yeah. that needs plenty of space yeah mm. yeah um i just wanted was ringing up to talking about calendulas peter cundall on the abc gardening program many many times mentioned the value of calendulas to grow as a border in your garden if you have an invasive lawn and i have cooch which is a damn nuisance oh. yeah and it does work because so there's obviously not only the flowers for the thrips but the roots to deter there's obviously a chemical coming out of the roots to deter mm. cooch and oh. it was quite successful but you do have to replant the calendulas every year of course yeah but that's a great tip well they do grow easily from seeds so when Mm. the flowers are dying down if you deadhead them and and just sprinkle the seeds around there's a good chance they'll come up good idea Mm. yes and it is eight degrees up here it's oh extremely chilly gee i knew it was cold this morning when i went outside picking flowers it's because of the easterly, of course. 
Yeah. Ah, we discussed that as we were on our way in this morning, whether that, that summer pattern or that spring pattern's kicked in and the easterlies are arriving. arriving. And then in the afternoon, it switches around to a sea breeze. <laughs> <laughs> oh, lovely. It would be nice if we could, because it's not going to rain until tomorrow afternoon, wouldn't it be nice if the clouds would go away so we could have some sun? I think and, the same, Margaret. <laughs> uh, you know, just help our plants because it's... Um, the sun is amazing. Mm, certainly Thank is. Thank you for your knowledge, girls. It's a fantastic program. Thank, Thank you very you, much, Margaret. Margaret. Take care. Bye for Cheers now. for them. Bye. And Brenda in Calmscott, uh, there's a plant sale today at Heritage Church, which is in Champion Drive, raising funds for an ambulance for Mukti Mission in India. So that's in Calmscott, Heritage Church, a plant sale. Heritage Church, which is on Champion Drive in Kelmscott, raising funds for an ambulance for Mukti Mission in India. And Margie of Gwalop and Maggie from Mandra, could you please repeat Doreen's tips on slugs? Uh, they missed the beginning of that. Margie, um, yeah, the suggestion was to put out pieces of orange mm. because the slugs are attracted to it and nine were caught this morning in Baldivis. <laughs> Oranges have been delightful, haven't they? Mm. Uh, they've well, been really, really tasty. And another year. one, of course, is the beer traps. They're attracted yeah. to beer. Five mm. o'clock in the afternoon is a good time, I find, to put the beer out in little saucers. And, and see what comes in and overnight. they start moving around in the cool of the day mm. and they, they have a little drink at drinks time mm. yeah. and they drown in the beer. So, yeah, <laughs> they have their um, happy hour as well. They do. And then you can feed those pickled slugs to your chickens. Oh, we're so nice. All Recycling right. at its best. And um, <laughs> I know we've got a few more emails. Would you like to tackle one? Yes, I would be happy to tackle another one. Now, this is from Fiona. She has sent us in um, a query about cottonwood trees. Four out of five are looking very sorry and have lemon-coloured leaves, which is not too good because the flowers are normally lemon and the leaves are normally deep green. They're losing their leaves. The leaves are dry and crumble when crushed. The new leaves are coming through, but they're going the same way. They were pruned early winter, uh, and these are a, a very hard, hardy tree or bush, so you could certainly give them a hard prune. Uh, about 12 inches from the top, although that's not much for a prune at all, uh, they've been sprayed with chelative iron and watered the same around the roots. Now, the only thing I can think of is that it's burnt them in some way, burnt the roots or burnt the leaves. I would check that the 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 way they were done, the information was followed. You need to follow the instruction on the pack. If they've been burnt, they should come back fairly soon, I would think. I would watch them. Mm. I don't think there's much more that you could do. It could just be a response to... To what's been done to them, mm. and it may have been applied inappropriately or a bit heavy-handed. Yeah, that's from that information. That's, that's what, what I can tell. Yeah. Uh, Naragabup Festival at Rockingham are having a um, a festival on the twenty third of October. So there is more information about that. 
we would love to showcase it, but I think we'll do that in a later show. Yeah, Still for sure. a couple of weeks away. Yeah, okay. Let's go to Armandale. Anna, good morning. Good morning. How are you both? Very Going good, thanks, well. Anna. Um, I'd like to ask a question about my fruit trees, oranges mostly, but two lemons that are flowering at the moment. I want to fertilise them. When should I do it and what should I give them? Right. Well, they are gross feeders. Uh, little yes. and often is a good way to feed them uh, because they they are they will grow and put on new growth from now right through to autumn time. Uh, mm -hmm. Preparing the soil is very important. They do have shallow roots, so not interfering too much with the root zone. I always like a complete slow-release fertiliser for flowering and fruiting plants. So you can get some that, are, that will last about six months. So I always find that is a good backup. And just sprinkle that around the drip zone. Also, mm -hmm. things like uh, manures, composting clay, and a good layer of mulch over the top is also very good. You could also use like a pelletized chicken manure, watered in well. If you've got chickens, even, uh, you know, scraping out their shed and putting that over the top of the mulch, because fresh manure can burn. But if you put it on top of the mulch and water it in, it's getting a, a mild liquid feed all the it's time. Alert, yes. Uh, what about Epsom salts? You can. An old but, lady told me that she always gives hers Epsom salts. I know, and people do. But you know what, Anna? I like to give the citrus trees everything they need. A complete fertiliser has the, the main elements, so nitrogen, potassium and phosphorus, and it has a range of trace elements. So your citrus trees need more than than just a couple of macronutrients or micronutrients. Right. So you can. There's a you go into any nursery or garden centre and there's a plethora of things on the shelf. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm thank not sure if that help. helps or not. It does. Yes, thank you. I'm a bit of a novice to this sort of thing. That's okay. We'll thank go with a complete. Much, Have a good day. Yeah, go with a complete one. That way, you know you've covered your bases. Thank you very much. Okay. Take care. Bye, Bye, Anna. Cheers, Bye. Anna. Now, would you like to win a $75 gift voucher to Bigger Trees? Yes. You would? <laughs> okay. You must be a Curtin FM member not to have won a prize in the last 28 days. Uh, Bigger Trees is open all long weekend, by the way, and if you go to the website, you can get more details and you simply need to go to biggertrees.com.au. Bigger is spelled B-I-G-G-A. Here's the question. What is WA's floral emblem and also Australia's floral emblem? You must know them both. We don't do things easily here on The Garden Show, particularly when John's involved. What is WA's floral emblem and also Australia's floral emblem? You must know both. Give Bev a call on 94841927. Gift voucher up for grabs. Compliments of the gorgeous Kerry at Bigger Trees up there in Pickering. Brook, home of the frangipani, ornamental and fruit trees and everything else in between. Paul of Calmscott suggested not spraying chelate on leaves of cottonwood hibiscus should be used systemically. Mm. 
So that would be pouring around the root zone. Yeah, yeah. Okay, depending on, yeah, obviously mm. what, what the plant it is. Because I've got um, iron chalates at home and sometimes it does recommend foliar feeding, but it depends on what you're putting it on. Well, some plants are, are quite sensitive. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, like that that's the information that we had, but you always ask yourself what else has happened mm. in that area. Like, mm. for example... John has sent us an email and he's got a very sad-looking lawn. Uh, the problem started approximately two months ago and is slowly creeping around the lawn. The width of the strips vary. He's dug down about 200 centimetres. Well, that's two metres. So I'm thinking maybe 20 centimetres. 20 centimetres, Not I discovered think, yeah. any animals in the soil, so um, no signs of anything. Well... You know, what I can see, John, it looks to me like the lawn has been scalped. Um, and there is even a pattern where where a rotary mower like has gone lower. Like sometimes if you've got a rotary mower and you're parked in the middle of the lawn and you go to adjust the level you could really when do. it's when the mower is turning, you can actually take out a big circle. Well, it's like half circles like that. But I also wonder if maybe something was sprayed, like, oh, you know what? The other thing is when you're applying fertiliser, mm. it's like you're feeding chickens, so you're doing you this broadcast, arc. Broadcast you look it. at that, Ray, there's, there's areas that are green, but this arc is in like half circles. So, you think you know, it could be burnt? It, it could be burnt, but it also looks like it's been scalped. And what I can see in between the, the dead lawn is just like, it's like sand. It's, it's, it's just jandicot sand. It looks yeah. quite gutless. And, of course, lawns need, um, they need to be able to hold some moisture it they, doesn't look like it has any. It's so no, dry looking. It needs aerating. But also if someone was cleaning out a sprayer. We have you know, a winner, that, by the way. We have a winner. Okay. Sorry, carry on. Um, something could have been broadcast on the lawn. It could have been fertiliser. Uh, a weed killer bottle could have been emptied out and that's just, you know, killed the lawn, some sort of herbicide. If paint trays and brushes were washed out on the lawn if someone did any spray painting sometimes you put furniture out there and you spray it well you you might not actually see the little dots of spray on the leaves of the lawn but instantly they can't photosynthesize and the leaf is burnt off mm. so we we start to go through some history if it is none of those things because he said it's um, been slowly creeping yes there was also the army worm that was active about. about this time last year. So mm. get a detergent solution, pour that over the lawn, put a towel or mat or carpet on top. If there's caterpillars in the lawn and you use a, a detergent, they will be coated, they can't breathe and they come to the surface. So Ditto for check black that. beetle uh, in case it is that. Yeah, yep, yeah. Yep. So there's a lot of investigation required mm. there. And there's yes. a lot of variables. I can see ant, like either ant holes or something there as well. It appears very, very abnormally dry. Well, 
Yes, if there's sand on the surface, mm. then ants could do that too, and mm. that's that's another story. So yes, okay. Now we do have a winner, Mel Leach from Les Murdy. My question was, what is WA's floral emblem and also Australia's floral emblem? Okay, in WA it's the kangaroo paw, and in Australia the floral emblem is, of course, the golden wattle. Not too hard, but gave gave someone else an opportunity to win a wonderful $75 voucher to Bigger Trees. And do let us know what you do with it. It'll be in the post to you this week. Uh, okay, 94841927. Busy, busy morning. We'll be back shortly. Curtain Radio. And straight back out to the lines. Let's head to Stratham. I'm talking to John. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Oh, Stratton. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Hi, John. Yeah. yeah, hi. Yeah, just regarding the law, I was listening to you about the lawn. Yes. Um, this problem started, well, way back when we had all those heavy rains, um, and I haven't done anything like the lawn mowing uh, and the, any chemicals haven't been put on it, and it's strange. It looks like a sort of a, a mole cricket or something. It's just sort of weaned its way around and, and chewed off the roots, and there's just a strip of dying, and it's just puzzling me. I've never had oh, Hey, you don't have rabbits, do you? No, I don't. Oh, lucky you. Uh, all right, it's not that. Uh, yeah. Okay. I, I guess it could be fungal if it's spreading. Yeah, okay. But how about trying the detergent? trick first and that that should rule out caterpillars and or larva of of anything else um yeah i did find though when i dug down i did find um i can't think name you know the little black those little black uh bugs that sort of hibernate out of mulch and you know come up your up your your house net was it mole crickets no, no, no. The little, little tiny. They're only oh millipedes. Type. Yeah, the millipede type ones. Yeah. Mm, no, uh, that shouldn't. A couple of them. No, that sh- that shouldn't be a problem. I wouldn't have thought. Yeah. I've never seen them do that much damage. Mm, yeah, I just got. I've never come across before. It's very unusual. Okay. okay. All right. Thanks for that. So yeah, look. The, uh, detergent. Look for the bugs. Otherwise, we might be looking at something fungal. Excellent. Thanks okay. for your help. You're welcome. Bye. Bye, John. Thanks, John. And let's head to Woodlands, another beautiful part of the world. Diana, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. Good. Um, uh, I'm just being bugged by these bugs. I've got a beautiful um, gerber plant and it's full of flowers, or it was, and then you come out in the morning and there'd be some of the petals would be brown and a little bit round the top of the stem. Um, and I did find some tiny baby slugs. So I thought, oh, that's it. And it still kept happening. And I put some derris stuff, you know, in amongst the uh, foliage and, you know, in the plant itself. And there was also something, you know, making holes in the leaves. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I discovered these on the petals a day or two later. Just, I've only found two or three of them. Tiny, weeny little bright green Grasshoppers. Ah, the Katie dids. Yes. And you do great big ones. So it can either be green or brown. And yes. you go, I have killed some of them, but they take off like a jet. Yeah, mm. that's right. Mm. So I'm wondering 
do I do? Collecting them by hand? I pull the flowers off, but it's in, do I have to go out at night? Would that be a better time? Oh, probably not. Oh, I've, I find them out there at any time. I find that they will move and you'll see them when you're watering, when you're doing your hand watering, not that we've been doing a lot of that lately. Uh, but going out and your movement will sort of um, have them moving around. So collecting them by hand would be one thing to do. Yeah, these are tiny. The one I haven't yes. seen any big ones recently, but they're just so little. Yes, because they're just hatching. Yeah. So, yes, remove the, the leaves with holes in them and go out and monitor, you know, periodically. So maybe three times a day. And just yes. check where there are holes in the leaves because you may be able to catch them in action. Mm. There's nothing I can put on them to stop it. Well, well there's eco neem is is uh, registered as a deterrent. Yeah. So that's another prong. Mm. And one quick thing, <laughs> we've got an avocado tree and they're still coming down. They're way up the top. By the time you get to them, they've got a, either crows or the rats. Have you any uh, tips? You know. Mm. Uh, well, I've I've managed to get my rats pretty much, I think, under control. Certainly, I've minimised their numbers by. I actually got a pest company to come in and put baits around. And I've found that very effective, but also cleaning up the property. So not having bird seed or chook food where rats can get at them, cleaning up your fruit. Uh, if you've got fruit on the tree and it's ripe, then harvest it. Yes, yes I, I, I do that. Um, I, I can put baits around, but I think that um, during the fruiting season, we have so much fruit. Exactly. Yep, so it's an ongoing thing and that's why I just I just couldn't win and I got professionals in and I think we've got it pretty much under control now. Oh, yes. Oh, well. I have to think about that too. Mm. Okay. Yep. Thank you anyway. You're welcome. Thanks, Diana. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. And we're going to Safety Bay, chatting with Jasmine. Good morning. Good morning, girls. Uh, just a quick little quote that I read somewhere many years ago, and it says, There is something you should know. A garden is man's place to grow. Mm-hmm. And regarding the poor little um, slugs, I just think they're homeless snails. <laughs> <laughs> that they that are. is beautiful. <laughs> so say that to us again. Give us a repeat the quote, love. Oh, there is something you should know. A garden is man's place to grow. Yes, quite true. Oh, that's lovely. Okay, thanks for Thanks for sharing. Cheers for that. And this one's difficult. Uh, Brian of Aurelia, can you suggest a deterrent for feral pigeons under his eaves? So you need to scare them. Oh, fairy lights. Scare them away. They (laughs) they don't like it. Well, if. If it's very easy for them to access, putting a deterrent that makes it uh, uneasy un- for them to get to. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I can imagine start thinking creatively. Mm. Disco yeah. balls, yeah, that used to, you know, anything that moves. Yeah, 
Yeah. So you don't want to give them a flight path to somewhere that they can nest. So you mm. you got to mix it up. Yeah, make it difficult for them. Mm. Okay, all right. We have 10 minutes left of the program. We could take a couple of calls, and I know we've got some emails to do. We'll be back in a moment. Curtain Radio. You're with Ray and Faye. Oh, here we go. <laughs> We're talking about rats. Let's go to Condola. Graham, hi. Oh, hi. Um, I was talking to my neighbour who has a couple of palm trees and uh, we're first talking about uh, uh, mango trees and he said that the rats get most of their mangoes but he said that they nest up in the palm tree. Mm, Yes, and they're also um, encouraged by the fruit of things like cocos palms. So one of the things that I've done to eradicate rats at our property or to minimise their their presence is clean up their food sources around the place. So, you yeah. know, making sure that I'm not creating a haven for them. And, of course, removing those seed pods every year and cleaning up the crocus yeah. palms is part of my defence. And that's made a big difference. Yes, he's thinking of cutting his palm trees down. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, you've got to think about lots of different things, don't you? Where they're they're living, what they're feeding on and what you can or what their runways are. And sometimes that can be trees or or plants that are close to the house that give them access to your roof. Um, You know, yeah, lots to think about. But, yes, yeah. I, I agree about the, the palm trees. Okay. Thank, Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for your call, Graham. Bye. Okay, let's go to Belmont. Black sooty mould. Adam, how are you? I'm well, thank you, Ray. How are you? Is that the Hi, Adam? That is the Adam. Yeah. We were only talking about you the other day. Are we? Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. that's scary. It was all good. It was good? Okay, that's good. How are you both? Yes, very good. good. Tell us about your mould. Well, yeah, um, we have a small courtyard which has lots of insect life and everything because we try not to use poisons, and actually we don't use poisons, um, but on plants like gardenias and bay trees and the like, we get a lot of black sooty mould. And we both get out there with the dishwashing detergent and wash the leaves and everything, but it's very labour-intensive. Mm. and just wondering if there is something else we can do. So there's some sort of spray we can mix up, a natural spray, or something that we can purchase maybe that's not chemically based. Okay. So the the black sooty mould is a secondary problem. It often comes about from honeydew, which might be caused by scale insects or aphids. So I would try and find the source of of that first Adam, if you can, then then that's where the black sooty mould is coming from and ants will be part of the equation too. So yeah, We have that on our citrus tree, but we don't, we can't find any evidence of that on the, either the bay tree or the gardenias. So, okay. So it might be dropping down because your gardenias are probably lower than your citrus? Yeah, they are. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I just go back to the eco oil again. Yeah, it's mm. It actually attracts beneficial insects. 
if you okay. yes yeah. yes it's it's organic based and what it does it will you spray it over your aphids but it also encourages those good guys to come in and i i've seen it okay. work so okay yep there's there you go right. there's your answer okay thank you very much That's you're welcome lovely right. lovely chatting bye. with you have a great day ladies you, you too, too. cheers bye. love bye and Rosemary of Thornley phoned in and suggests for catching tiny flying grasshoppers, put a sticky trap near plant when they fly off. <laughs> that yes, that can can work too. Yeah. But yeah, I I'm not sure what colour they're attracted to. Mm. Uh, so interesting, worth mm. a try. Okay. Now I know you had a couple of emails. Ah, yes, and this is very topical. This is from Peter in Williton, and she has sent in a photo of some little spires with looks like purpley mauve petals coming up between her nasturtiums. And they kind of look pretty, but they're a weed, and they're called Orobanchi minor or broom rape. Mm. And they're actually a parasite. So they have a relationship with the roots of the nasturtiums. They pull out very easily. They've got a tiny bulb on the end and I, I would recommend getting them out. But also if you pull your nasturtiums out, you know, they'll be coming to the end soon. Mm. Um, the leaves make a great pesto and you can pickle the, the seeds and they taste like capers. Yeah, which I love capers. Mm. Mm. Pickled Pickled nasturtium seeds are beautiful on pizza. Yeah. So, yeah, Orobanchi minor or broom rape and pull them up. One more here, Ray, and this is from Paul. He says he's contacted the council and waiting for a report from an arborist uh, and he worries about damages to trees. On our program recently, we are talking about a new bug attack attacking trees and of course that was the borer mm. that leaves tiny little holes in tree trunks now the holes the size of the tip of a ballpoint pen that's how small we're talking um, Paul didn't hear the f the full chat about the borer but he's concerned that these large trees that he views in an adjacent park are affected by them because there are branches very very high up that have died off. Paul, I, I've i seen this in some of our gum trees, but I tend to think that what has happened in is when we get the strong winds come through, the branch is actually broken, mm. and that's why those branches have died off. They are very high up in the canopy, so you can't inspect them to see what the damage might be. But... Honestly, if you went for a walk around in that parkland, you may find branches that have fallen to the ground and you could certainly inspect them for damage. You can see where they've broken. Sometimes the the bark is, um, it will be like sawdust or there's evidence of a break from a long time ago mm. and then maybe part of part of it is green. Um, so, yeah, Hopefully the, the council can have a look at it and investigate. I don't think it is a major problem, mm -hmm. but certainly, you know, it could be an early sign. Okay. And today's gardening show has been sponsored by DeSacco Mulch. Make your garden grow with DeSacco. Available at all leading garden centres and DeSacco.com. 
Now, are we? Do we still have anything more you'd like to do, or we need to do a wrap up? Well, we we could sort of talk about the fact that you and I won't be here next week, Ray. Okay, we're having a Saturday off. We are. We it's are. my birthday weekend. Yes, and it's um, my busy weekend. <laughs> And we're gardening, but the show will go ahead. It will. um, Yes, and I brought in a bag of flowers from the garden. Well, just quickly tell us what's in there because (laughs) the fragrance has been wafting across. Really? We've got Geraldton wax. We've got the grey-leafed eucalypt, uh, eucalyptus cinerea, uh, Eremophila nivea, which I, I picked this bag of flowers and then when I went to the car I went oh no I wanted I definitely wanted the Eremophila Nivea because it's got the beautiful silver foliage and purple flowers there's a couple of yellow kangaroo paws in there for you oh my gosh and the beautiful beautiful rice flower okay I'm due for some and (laughs) and the Bakia no Kunzia Baxteri red bottle brush flower so something for you to do when you get home send you a photo very very spoiled thank you everyone for your company this morning hope you enjoyed the program as much as we did and the goats i was about to say we'll be back next week we won't be back next week but the garden show will be happening next week enjoy your long weekend big thanks to bev and john take care everyone stay safe we hope you've enjoyed listening to another edition of let's talk gardening on curtain radio Happy gardening.